When you're afraid, we see everything in a different light. Everything looks different. That's what fear does to us. It controls our thoughts, clouds our judgment, and narrows our perspective. Fear pre prevents us from taking any risk or responsibility for ourselves. It can trick us into thinking that what we are doing is reasonable, when in fact, it isn't. That was a problem with the slave who had one talent. In today's parable, we see that he hides his talent that his master gives him. And when his master comes back, this is what he says. Master, I knew that you are a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. The slave with one talent was afraid because he knew that his master was a harsh man. In a way, we can sympathize with him. What he says sounds reasonable. It makes sense. So at first, it might be easy for us to just simply take his words for what they are. But was he really a harsh man? If anything, we see that he's a fair man. He gave each slave talents according to their own ability. He may not have been gracious, but he was fair. So who can blame him for doing so? What differentiated the slave with one talent from the others was that he was bound to his perception of the master. Like the five foolish women in last week's parable, it was his assumption that gave birth to his fear. And that fear led him to do what he thought was the most reasonable thing to do at the time, which was to hide the money in the ground. Back then, bearing one's possession was quite common. It was a way to protect your valuables from getting stolen. So the slave was afraid that someone would steal what he had been given. And he was afraid to let go. Isn't that what we do sometimes? Our assumptions about life shapes the way we look at what we have. We, we experience that life can be harsh and unfair at times. And that makes us see what we have as something to be protected and kept safe rather than something to be shared and enjoyed. We not only do this with our possessions, but with ourselves as well. We bury our talents out of fear. We put them away for good. When we look at this passage today, I don't want us to just get stuck on looking at the word talent, just in a narrow, narrow way, just in terms of money. I like us to look at it in a more literal sense, just how, like how we use it. Talent as a certain ability, a gift that a person has, but who we are. And in fact, when you look up this word talent in a dictionary, you'll find that this parable serves as a basis for the English word. One of the ways that this pandemic has made us, affected us is that it has made us feel totally limited and powerless. Like we can't do anything meaningful. Even a simple conversation, it's hard to express ourselves fully to each other with our masks on. And because of this pandemic, we've become even more fearful and insecure. And the fact that we continue to see cases rising doesn't help. Toronto is now in the red zone, and we've now scaled back 
on our gathering in person for worship as a precaution. The whole world seems to be getting deeper and deeper into the second wave. So we feel frustrated and stuck. We see that we're not able to make ourselves as useful as we did before. One of the things I've been finding during this pandemic is how easy it is for our minds to just drift into dark and negative places. It seems easier and more reasonable to just simply resign ourselves to how things are, to our current reality, just to let things be the way they are, just to narrow, just narrow our focus to ourselves and our immediate family and friends. Why bother? In a time like this, it seems like the best thing to do is to bury our talents in the ground. But where does that eventually lead? Life lived out of fear remains small and the same. That is what today's parable shows us. The one talent that the slave buried remained just one talent. His life didn't change. It stayed the same until the master returned. Nothing changed. There was no fruit to be enjoyed. And in the end, even the little that he had was taken away and given to someone else. Yet the parable also shows us another kind of life. Through the other two slaves, we, it shows us a better way of life. Life that grows and multiplies. Life that the slave with one talent couldn't live. And that is the life of being faithful. Unlike the slave with one talent, the slaves that received two and five talents were faithful with what they were entrusted. The slave with one talent probably thought he was being faithful with his talent. But really, the faithful ones were the slaves with two and five talents. They didn't think twice about what to do with what they had. They didn't hold on to it tightly or hide it in fear. We see that this is what one of them did. The one who had received five talents went off at once and traded with them. Went off at once. Right away he went. Sometimes how people treat what they're given reveals a lot about who they are, especially with what isn't theirs. Even though what they were given were really theirs, the two slaves took care of the talents as if they were their own. They didn't live with this fear of losing what they had. They were simply thankful. Their talents doubled because of it, and that brought joy not only to their master, but to them as well. We can look at this and say it would have been much easier to be the slaves with two and five talents. Like having more will make us more, feel more confident and eager to invest. It seems like it would just suck to have that one talent. But is that really what this parable is trying to show us? That having more is the way to go, a better position? position to be in. One talent on its own back then was still quite a lot, enough to sustain you for a couple of years. Yet for us, when we look at that one talent, it suddenly looks meager when it's beside two and five talents. It makes us feel like we don't have enough. Besides, we see that the slave with two talents did not show envy or jealousy toward the one with five. It made me think perhaps the slaves with two and five talents started off with one talent at one point in their life. 
Either way, the difference we see that was their faithfulness. Because they were faithful to however many talents that they had, they experienced their life grow and multiply over time. Being faithful is an underrated quality. We'd rather be brilliant, effective, and skilled. People see that and recognize that a lot more. Being faithful seems to go unnoticed most of the time. That's why it's harder to be faithful. We wonder sometimes if what we do has any value. But what God desires is not for us to be brilliant, but to be faithful. And being faithful is to give ourselves fully and consistently in all circumstances. That is how God establishes God's kingdom on earth, through faithfulness. Kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven is not an abstract theory of some utopian dream that we wait for, passively. Kingdom of God is what God brings about through the faithfulness of God's people here and now. As Simon mentioned, it is a new reality. So God equips all of us with different gifts and talents, all for a common goal. That's why to compare ourselves is a waste of time and energy. God has entrusted us with our gifts to be faithful, to lend our talents freely, for God's good and perfect will. And lending our talents is the same as really giving ourselves. So it doesn't matter whether we have one, two, or five talents. The point is what we have is enough. At the end of service today, I believe we will be announcing the result of the elder election. When I first heard that Grace had uh, responded to her nomination, I was quite encouraged. Yes, the idea of being a spiritual leader of a community can be quite daunting and overwhelming at first. But what God wants is not brilliance or effectiveness, but faithfulness. Isn't that what our elders' reflection showed? In them, I noticed that there was this struggle with, not, with that fear of not being enough, but coming to overcome that fear in faith to serve God's people. I was able to relate to that because it's the kind of fear that I still struggle with in ministry of not being enough, not being good enough. It never really goes away. But I'm reminded each time to be faithful to the process, not so much to the effort. But being faithful with our talents is not just limited just to ministers and elders. We often think that kind of call is reserved for a special few. No. We are all called to be faithful. Ministry is not the priesthood of few believers. Ministry is the priesthood of all believers. We are all called to be God's faithful people. I mean, what would our community be without priest team or choir, even those who help with the media at the baggage without those who gather together to pray for our community on Wednesday evenings? What would our community be without your presence each week here in person and online? Faithfulness may often go unnoticed, but it is what really, at the end of the day, generates energy. 
Faithfulness is what gives us encouragement and hope in times of challenges and uncertainties. You may have noticed that the sermon titles for the past few weeks have been Be Something, Be Happy, Be Filled, and Be Prepared. on God's word, being faithful to giving our thanks to God, being faithful to asking for God's help and strength. And I realize faithful life is what spiritual life is, and that it just is not just lived out in community, but it begins with each and every one of us. It's cultivated. So let us not live in fear or be discouraged by our situation. I believe that our fight against this pandemic is not just a fight against the virus. I believe it is a fight against ourselves from being gripped by fear and insecurity. Let us ask God for strength to overcome our fears, to not be bound to our own thoughts and assumptions, to open our eyes so that we can broaden our horizons and clearly see that we are enough for God. Fear only makes us more rigid and want to be in control. We can never let go. But gratitude makes us confident and free to entrust ourselves fully in God. One makes our hands close up and tight, the other open and available. I was reminded of what St. Therese of Lisieux once said To the right and to the left, I throw, my, I throw to my little birds the good grain that God has placed in my hands. And then I let things take their course. I busy myself with it no more. Sometimes it's just as though I throw nothing. At other times, it does some good. But God tells me, give, give always, without being concerned with the results. What a beautiful picture that is. Simple faithfulness, even to just feeding the grain to the birds. Not out of obligation or fear, but out of freedom and love. Our hands were always open to receive and to give. So let us live a faithful life of giving, not bearing our counts. Life of being faithful is a simple, yet very profound life. It is a blessed life. Life of being faithful opens our eyes to God's power that is at work in our midst. So in this time of uncertainty and waiting, I pray that we'll live a faithful life with God's help. That we will be God's faithful people and community. Let us sing together.